0: Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from wiped out to wealthy. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Denise Pasquinelli and Dr. Michelle, your natural women's health advocates who blend the wisdom of ancient healing traditions and the science of functional medicine.
1: Hey there, and welcome back to episode 44. In this week's episode, we're going to dive a bit deeper into a topic we touched on last week, uh, food energetics, and how you can actually apply these to your everyday life, especially when it comes to cravings, which is a topic that we get asked about a lot. So in this episode, we wanna flip the script on cravings and not just think about the typical cravings for chips and sweets, but instead consider cues from your body as signals that you're out of balance and thinking about how different qualities of foods can be used to bring you back into balance. Now, Denise and I both have a background in the East Asian healing arts and how nutrition can be used as a targeted therapeutic tool. So today, we're going to be trying to consolidate some of those ideas from both a Chinese and Ayurvedic medical perspective. So to kick it off, Denise will give you a little primer on the Ayurvedic arts.
2: Yeah. So a key concept in Ayurveda is that like increases like and opposites balance. And I love this concept because I think once you get it, it becomes a really intuitive way to consider what you need in order to balance out your emotional and physical state. It kind of turns cravings into something to be curious and contemplative about. It feels playful and like a game. So let's see if I can illustrate this topic for you. Let's say you're feeling kind of sluggish, low energy. Maybe you're feeling a little heavier than usual. You know, it's early spring and we still feel a little squishy from winter. Maybe we're also snotty and mucousy. That could be from allergies or just general congestion. So we can take a beat and think about these qualities. So they're kind of slow and heavy Cool and damp, that mucus and some of that water retention, that's all too wet, too moist. So applying the concept of like increases like and opposites balance, we can think about balancing with something that's the opposite. So something that's going to get us moving, that's stimulating, something that's light and warm and maybe drying or scrubbing, right? So I'm thinking of a spicy ginger chai tea and maybe some lightly cooked green leafy vegetables and beans things that are going to be light and drying and then we would want to avoid something like a milky product you know dairy it's it already is cool and damp and heavy so if we were to eat more of that we would feel more cool and damp and heavy does that all start to make some sense
1: yes i love putting kind of abstract abstract seeming concepts into, you know, more tangible and practical applications. This is perfect.
2: Great, great, great. So before diet was hyper-focused on macronutrients and how much fat, carbs, and protein we should eat at every meal, our taste buds acted as our guidance system that determined which substances were edible and how much of them to consume to balance us out. And we can talk about these different tastes and consider their energetic qualities, as another way to think about creating balance. So in Ayurveda, there are six tastes that ought to be present at every meal. So the idea is that if we include all six tastes, we will feel more satisfied and we're more likely to get all of the major food groups and nutrients represented in one go. So the tastes are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent.
1: Yeah, in Chinese medicine, we have something very similar, except we we actually combine astringent and sour, and then we add this flavor or non-flavor <laughs> called bland. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's like a zero point, and it's mostly associated with the food's um, energetic actions. So I just, I love seeing that consistency across ancient traditions, and I love it even more when we can actually apply them to our modern lifestyles.
2: Totally. And so most foods are going to be a combination of tastes. They can typically be classified according to one or two dominant tastes. And then the tastes are mapped to our physiology in a really cool way. So I want to break that down a little bit. Sweet foods are ones that are considered to build – tissues in the body and have kind of an earth-like, really grounded, kind of heavier quality. So think soothing and comforting foods. Sweet foods are going to provide that slow, steady energy while being gentle on digestion. So think things like carbs and grains or starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes a very popular healing food in the Ayurvedic tradition is Kichiri porridge, which is a really slow cooked soupy dish with basmati rice, which is sweet, and split mung beans, and herbs and spices. So, very comforting and soothing.
1: That's so crazy because in, in Chinese medicine, we have something called congee, which is basically yes. like super, super similar. <laughs> But um, yeah, mm-hmm. so sweet foods in Chinese medicine are super similar and they tend to be associated with our digestive processes. And like Denise said, they're related to kind of tonifying and nourishing, but also harmonizing. So a simple sort of Chinese remedy, for example, for menstrual cramps or intestinal cramps is drinking something like ginger tea with a bit of brown sugar or a maple syrup, which is what I prefer. But this helps to really soothe those smooth muscles muscles and warm up that area a bit.
2: Mm, That's a great example. That sounds so good too. (laughs) Um, The next taste is pungent. Pungent foods are ones that are going to stimulate digestion and metabolism and circulation. So we can kind of think of them like fire energy. They get things moving and they're transformative. So spice blends that have peppers are considered pungent. So like curries and chili powder and cayenne. And then things like onions and garlic and ginger, they're all pungent as well. So, if you're feeling kind of sluggish and blase, low energy, like that example that I talked about earlier, you might want to spice things up with chai tea or maybe a piece of raw ginger in your smoothie or something.
1: Mm. Yes. I, in Chinese medicine, uh, pungent foods are actually related to our lungs. So like Denise mentioned, they're they're really good for improving flow and transforming any of that mucusy congestion type sniffly stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll actually, I'll usually make a super pungent bone broth with lots of onions and ginger and garlic if I feel like I'm coming down with something and it, it works like a charm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Moving on, we have bitter foods like dark leafy greens, and astringent foods like turmeric or beans, parsley. These are both considered to be detoxifying and lightening foods, like foods that are going to help lighten us up, scrub us out. So kind of an air quality sort of food.
1: I like that, lightening foods. (laughs) making it fun. Um I think it's I think it's probably safe to say that we are bitter food deficient or bitter food averse <laughs> in the US. Mm-hmm. You know, most people associate bitter with bad tasting while in several other cultures bitter foods are actually desirable. Um in Chinese medicine the bitter flavor is related to the heart and so it's really good at clearing heat um and getting those bowels moving. So if you're suffering with constipation, you know, try some bitter melon or maybe a gentian tincture before meals, Um, those things can really help to tonify the digestive tract and get things moving.
2: The next taste is sour, and sour foods stimulate enzymatic activity and improve our digestion. So sour is also kind of heating and has sort of a fire-like energy, Sour foods are what you would expect. You know, things like fermented foods, vinegars, citrus juice. These are all sour and really great to get enzymes going.
1: Oh, sour. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, in in Chinese medicine, the sour um, is kind of combined with astringent. um, But these flavors are really related to the liver, the liver organ. And the liver, um, kind of interestingly, is related to stress. So, for those of you who are, you know, tuning in who might have a teeny weeny speck of stress in your life, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you might not want to overdo it with the sour food. So, this might actually create more stagnation and heat in the liver instead of, you know, allowing that flow to happen. I actually had a client recently who was having really bad cystic acne breakouts, which is a, in Chinese medicine, a damp heat presentation, and it turned out to be vinegar. So vinegar was the big Mm. culprit. We did kind of an elimination re-challenge. So it was just super interesting to see that correlation.
2: Awesome. yeah. I love that. That's that sleuthing in action.
1: Exactly. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected vinegar. Like that was not the top of my radar, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: the last flavor that we're gonna talk about is salt. And salt is considered a balancer. It controls the amount of fluid that's present in our body and it enhances appetite. It it also enhances flavor as well. So we'll kind of, you know, that's why we'll use it in our cooking. It's harmonizing. So sea salt and sea vegetables are really great sources for salt in your diet.
1: Yes, and in Chinese medicine, salt is actually really good for getting the bowels moving, which is directly related to that fluid balance that Denise just mentioned. Also, saltiness is related to the kidney in Chinese medicine, which is directly related to our endocrine organs or our hormone balance. So a lot of times people end up craving salt because their adrenals need some additional support. Super interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've talked about all of these
2: tastes and we've talked about some of their qualities and how they might affect your physiology. So what does it look like in practice to actually eat a meal that has these tastes represented? One of the reasons I love meals like big bowls or soups or big bang salads or even smoothies is that they make it really simple to get those six tastes represented. So something like a Power Bowl that has a base of grain and maybe a little bit of meat to bring in that sweet quality could be one way to approach this. We could bring in a little bit of salt and some pungency with something like sea salt and black pepper, or maybe a little bit of cayenne. We could add some sauteed onion or garlic, like for even more pungency. And then we can get a bit of that bitter with some dark leafy greens and add something astringent like a bean or some fresh herbs like parsley. We'll dress it all up with a typical dressing that has some sour elements like citrus juice or vinegar and bring in a little bit of olive oil as well.
1: Mm-mm-mm. Get all of those <laughs> tastes in there and represented. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. that's kind of, that's already getting my, <laughs> my juices flowing. I love it. I think that's a really perfect example. I swear, I could live on bowls, <laughs> like,
2: Me all the time. Too. <laughs> Me too. Me too
1: hopefully this gives
2: you some ideas about ways to tune into your cravings and what your body needs and approach them from a slightly different perspective. It can be super valuable to simply just take a beat and ask, how am I feeling right now? What are the sensations in my body? What do I actually need? And now hopefully you have a couple of tools to think about new ways of satisfying that need.
1: All right, friends. So that's a wrap. We can't wait to meet you back here next week in episode 45. I'm going to be interviewing the lovely, creative, and mystical Woo Master Denise, my co-host. So be sure to tune in to learn more about her and her current projects with Seed Health and Wellness. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.